hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I'm Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool, the one and only. And Sean, today we've uh, no guests today, but we've got some great topics to discuss. Talk about some examples of real life uh, examples using ChatGPT for for some sales and marketing stuff. Or uh, I'll show some. I'll give some examples on how I've used it for some uh, podcast ads. And also, we're going to talk about just some of the some of the factual research that AI gets into and how accurate it is. It's kind of comical. Just kind of an example of why you should uh, make sure you fact check good old yeah. AI. So you're saying it's not perfect, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe nope. it's perfectly human. <laughs> exactly. That's the point. It is. Yeah. Uh, it is using a lot of the same tendencies that humans do maybe in shortcuts yeah. maybe i don't know so we'll see yeah. yeah it's like a teenager doing research for their school project <laughs> <laughs> close enough where's your sources <laughs> these don't exist uh, yes. So, we'll, yeah, we'll get into some of that, some examples. Um, I, I had some uh, fun with it this week, using it to uh, uh, write some or write kind of an argument on um, green energy and just curious as to what uh, some of the sources that it cited and some of them were completely, absolutely made up. And then, I mean, it's just like wow. figures just pulled from the air. Um and I started uh, doing some searching and I found other people running into the similar, uh, you know, obviously similar thing, making up, you know, pulling books and references that literally didn't exist. So it's kind of funny, wow. but just goes to show it's not perfect. It, it's a work in progress. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. But so, before. Yeah. So uh, I think you and I have a beverage um, kind of we're leaning into the summer a little bit today. Yes. Absolutely. It is, June. it is now June. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, uh, I saw what you had. Um, I'll, I guess I'll start on my end. I've got a Shiner, a good old Shiner beer here in Texas, but this is a sea salt and lime. Ooh. So it's like a pre-built Corona, I guess. Like you don't have to <laughs> add the lime. It's already in there. Um, this is a... That looks fantastic. Yeah, so easy drinking. Um, this sessionable brew is made with real lime peel and artisanal sea salt for authentic and refreshing flavor. Perfect for outdoor patios, indoor sofas, or anywhere you want to sit back and relax. And this one's pretty light at 4%. So, yeah, it's uh should be a nice, hopefully light, refreshing. Sounds very refreshing on a yeah. summer day. Yeah. Yep. So they got the mixed Shiner pack out right now. So I'll be oh, doing sweet. Shiners for the next sweet. few episodes. Nice. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm going to pull mine up here. I've got a one from Ennis and Gunn. Are you done here? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I've got a Caribbean rum cast nice. and, um, if our old boy David Dutton out there, if he's watching or listening, I think he would probably love that. He's, I think he's kind of a rum guy. Yeah. Um, so this looked pretty refreshing uh, at the old beverage spot today. I almost went for a uh, Russian Imperial or no, no, it was a milk. 
it was a um, imperial milk stout or something like that. And I, yeah. I went with something lighter, but a little more refreshing. And I found this one by Innocent Gun and I had to check it out. So yeah, good brand. Yes. Formerly known as the, as a blood red sky, Caribbean rum uh, cast meets Scottish red beer in an explosion of cool, spicy rum notes and uh, vanilla and rich fruit. So uh, 6.8%. Um, suitable for uh, vegans. That's good to know, I guess. Okay. <laughs> I've not seen that on a beer before. <laughs> I've never seen that either. It's pretty odd to put up there, but it does say gluten-free and suitable for vegans. So I guess they've got uh, their market there they're catering to. Yeah. All right. Let's let's see it. Mine looks like apple juice, basically. Mm. Very light. Mine is, uh, it looks darker in that camera, yeah. but it's not as dark as it appears yeah. on the screen. So. All right, let's cheers it up. Cheers. Mm. Oh, man. Delicioso. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, mine, um... Mine is very light and does it does. Ha, it's not overpowering lime. It's not like a lime drink, you know, it's just mm-hmm. kind of just a, just a touch at the end. Don't taste the salt too much, but yeah, it's, that would be an easy drinking beer for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I like it. Um, I'll give it, you know, it still doesn't have those super rich flavors that I like, mm-hmm. um, but I would give this a 3.5. Ah, 3.5. Okay. That's above, that's above average. Yeah, definitely. Um, this one is very good, Sean. I'm going to give this one a solid, um, I'm going to give it a solid four, seven, four, eight. I'll probably wow. give it a four, eight. It's just really good. Yeah. Like, You've been on a roll lately. I have. I mean, it's light, refreshing. I would go, this one, this is a beer. It's not like one or two. This is one you could actually, was it six? It's like six and a half, six and a half. So it's not terribly high. Um, You know, you can have two or three of these and uh, really enjoy by the pool, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Little little reggae in the background. There you go. Steel drums. Be nice. Could just hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe a little Jimmy Buffett. Oh yes. Little Jimmy Buffett in the background. Yeah, that'd be good. So same here. Like this would definitely be a poolside. Mm-hmm. Poolside beverage. So. So it's got that. Right. Li- it's got the. It's got the. Uh, do you taste the the salt? The I guess the the sea salt. I don't really taste the salt that much. Mm-hmm. Um. Definitely get the little tartness of the lime, but it's not overpowering by any means. So it's like a lager, but just with a little bit. Well, it tastes like if, if you put an actual lime in your Corona, it tastes mm-hmm. very similar to that. Yeah. It's just pre-done for you. You don't have to find the limes. So pretty nice. Very cool. All right. Well, let's jump into all things AI, chat GPT. Um, let's start with what you've got, and then I'm going to accuse, and then I'm going to go on my tangent of it being a complete fake liar. <laughs> Okay. 
<laughs> yeah. So I had a, um, a sales call, mm-hmm. uh, I guess the last week or the week before, um, I was like, you know, I usually, I'm pretty spontaneous on my sales calls. Um, I do, I do a lot of questions, but I was just curious. I was like, let me see what chat might say about a series of questions that I could ask in a sales call. Right. Okay. So this was for copy and consulting work. Yeah. So I just pulled up the old chat and I went in and I said, here's my prompt. It said, I'm having a call with a potential client today for my copywriting and consulting services. I want to find out what she really wants. What would make her light up? What's her vision for the rest of her life? Help me come up with a series of questions I could ask that would both serve her through clarity, excitement, and commitment to her vision Mm -hmm. and set me up to be the only person who can help her get there. So that was the prompt. Mm -hmm. And in, you know, 2.2 seconds or whatever it was, (laughs) came up with um, questions and it broke them down into four categories. One was understanding their goals and visions. And it just, it had about five or six questions per category. Yeah. I won't won't read them all, but, um, you know, start out with, can you tell me a bit about what you're hoping to achieve in the next few years? If you could wave a magic wand, what would you have your life, your business look like? Um, what excites you? What's one dream you've always had, but never pursued. So it was really getting into the emotional aspects of why they wanted what they wanted. Mm -hmm. And then it, changed years into clarifying their challenges and needs. Uh, right. So we, we kind of painted a picture of the future, what they wanted, and then it came back and now figured out where they are and what was holding them back. Right. So it asked questions like, what do you feel are the biggest obstacles stand in the way of your vision? Uh, if there's one problem or challenge you could solve in your life right now, what would it be? Uh, and what areas do you feel you're not living up to your potential? Where do you need more response? resources and support. So you can see if you've ever done sales, you can see that yeah. you're going to have everything you need to close this sale already with just those two things. So then the third step was determining their commitment, right? They may have a want and they may even have, you know, they may know why they're stuck, but are they committed right. to making a change? Right. right. And that's a, I think that's something a lot of salespeople kind of gloss over, they get excited if they hear those first things that, you know, Oh, there's, there's, they got a problem. They, (laughs) they know where they're stuck. This is easy slam dunk. Right. And they don't get the commitment out on the table. Yeah. Um, so the scale, I love that on a scale because that's so important to understand where they are. Yeah. So it says, what steps have you already taken? Right. So you don't accidentally propose the wrong or a similar step. Right. How committed are you to making your vision a reality on a scale of one to 10? And then whatever they say, you know, there's two ways you can go on this one. Uh, chat wrote, what, what would it take to make that a 10? Mm-hmm. I actually ask, um, what would it take or what, why was the number not lower? Yeah. So if they give me seven, I'll say, why was the number not lower? <clears throat> and then they reinforce why they chose that number, uh, which I got from the book, um, one of, we did the a long time ago, the, um, can't remember the name of it now, but the, the book, the seven minute persuasion. Oh book yeah. Yeah. Influence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's where I got that mm-hmm. little tweak to that. How much time and energy are you willing to invest and what sacrifices are you willing to make? 
Well, those two were really great questions because it kind of implies, look, this is going to be work. Even though you're hiring me, it's going to be work and you need to be invested. You need to be willing to make sacrifices. So right. I thought that was really good. And then another thing I think a lot of salespeople miss is positioning yourself in a, a strong way. So have you considered working with a copywriter consultant before to help you achieve your goal? What was your experience? That's really important to know because if they hired somebody like you and they had a terrible experience, you need to know that going in because mm-hmm. they're, they're going to have some hesitancy. Um, what qualities are you looking for? What would be the ideal come of our, of our ideal outcome of our collaboration and how can I help you make your vision come true? So you get, if you and yeah. I literally went down this list in order, right down the list and got the sale. Dang. And it was a, boom. it was a, it was a five figure sale. Nice. So, um, so you just kind of save this. This is basically your template right here. Yeah, this is, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty solid. Yeah. So no, that's um, fantastic. Yeah. And it just, you know, it's easy to, especially if you've been doing sales for a while, it's very easy to just kind of wing it. Yeah. You know, you get comfortable. It's why sometimes, and you know this, Jonathan, like sometimes you'll see rookie salespeople come in and just smash, you know, Mm -hmm. the bets because they're following the script or they're following the, you know, the presentation. But then there's always the sophomore slump, right? Where they, they start straying away from the yeah, presentation. Cause they get too, they get too confident in themselves and they, they move away from the, the formula, the framework, right? Yeah. The framework. So, to speak. You know, and, uh, so back up, I, I want our listeners to see what, what was your original prompt again? There we go. There he is. Yeah. I don't know what I, I accidentally hit the back. Did you exit yourself out? I exited myself out. So yeah. So I wanted to see the original prompt. Okay. Here it is. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when I do prompts now, what I'm, what I'm learning as I play with chat GPT and other tools like it, um, I'm just being like very direct with what I want, like my ideal outcome. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I'm just structuring the, the prompt in a way that almost like me waving a magic wand. Okay. If I could get my ideal response, yeah, you know, that's what I'm trying to prompt <clears throat> it for. Right. Um, you know, a lot of people use this idea of like, I want you to be, you know, a world-class salesman. I don't think you need to do that anymore. Like I think mm. that was three months ago. Right. Like that seemed to work. I don't think you have to do that now. I think you can now just say, look, I'm having a call. Here's my services. Here's what I want. You know, here's the ideal outcome. Um, create me a series of questions. And, and you, you asked know, the right, that's the right prompt because really it is all about, I mean, it's discovery. It's all about defining out what they want or what they need. Yeah. Not what you want to give them. Right. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. And yeah, I didn't say, here's my book of services, you know, create some questions to, right. to, to promote me or sure. to whatever. I did ask it, set me up, you know, the very last thing I said, and set me up to be the only person who can help her get there. Right. And that was the last section of questions, which were just, um, you know, finding out about um, their past history with copywriters, consultants, things like that. But yeah, it's, it was 
very clean. In full disclosure, she was a referral from somebody, so that helped. She was already, sure, you know, a little yeah. bit on board. But still, <clears throat> even if she would have been a yes, going through this quest, these questions and having her answer them just solidifies the relationship going forward. Yeah, you know, I could have probably closed her with less, um, but you know, that call is now because we worked through all those questions. And I learned some things that I wouldn't have learned if I didn't go down this route, you mm -hmm. know, about what, because it's funny, all the stuff in, in section one, where she was answering goals and visions, um, almost none of it was actually about her business. Mm. It's what she wanted the business to provide for her. Right. Right. It was like more travel, more time with the grandkids, like all that kind of stuff is yeah. what she wanted. And that's <clears> the only reason she wanted the business to grow was to support that mm. stuff. Yeah. So that became the focus of what, what our work would be together is actually scale the business in a way that is actually less time for her. Yeah. You know, where if I had not gotten that information, I may have proposed, you know, her working more, you know, expanded the business in the wrong way. Right. But now I know it's very important to her that she not add any more, much more time because mm -hmm. she wants that time for, you know, travel. She's still willing to work. She just doesn't want to work a lot more than what she's working. She wants more leverage. Sure. <clears throat> so, so yeah, that was, that was a really good, um, that was a really good call, really good set of questions. Right. Um, so it's just really, just take a minute when you do your prompts and just, just really ask for what you want and think through what you want and then prompt it like that. And if you don't know, um, you can ask, ask chat GPT to ask you the questions it needs to give you the kind of answer you want. Sure. And it'll actually come up with great questions and you just answer them and then it'll give you what you want. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's good stuff, man. Yeah. It's a great example of using, uh, you know, using that in your business. And I've got like, I'm going to be talking about a, um, some physical tools that you can use, um, here later on this show that you can use in conjunction with that for presentations, yeah. which I think would be a, a super powerful combo. Um, so we were talking about yeah, that well, earlier. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll try one live here. One yeah, of the, absolutely. One of those prompts. But first, before we do that, you wanted to talk about chat GPT being a liar after we've praised it. <laughs> yeah. We've we're going to play praises for good cop, bad cop. <laughs> yeah. Now it's time to put them under the spotlight. <laughs> yeah. On a side, on a side note, before I get into the, uh, the, the lying pattern of chat GPT, um, I, I read an interesting article this week, Sean, that talked about how um, the air force was, using, um, AI in a simulation. I don't know if this is, this has come across your news feed at all, but, um, I found it interesting and apparently it was, it's a simulation type exercise. The air force is using, um, you know, drone AI technology for targeting for you know, for hitting targets. And so I think they gamified one, um, one application. And again, this is all simulation. This wasn't real. Um, but they were gamifying the, uh, AI to hit certain targets, uh, enemy targets. 
in the simulation. And then they tried to tell it not to uh, hit certain targets. What do you think the AI did <laughs> when you originally... Uh-huh. Uh, when you originally prompt it to hit based on so many points per target, and then you try to change it, what do you think it did? Well, if you don't erase what you just <laughs> told it, it, it tends to go back to the first thing you told it. <clears throat> yeah. It, it, in this case, it said, you know what, I'm going to stick with what you originally told me. I'm going to keep killing. And, and then I'm also going to uh, kill you uh, so that you don't interfere and that's exactly what it did. It just went in and basically knocked out the communication tower so you could no longer uh, wow. tell it not to. Uh... <laughs> well, that brings back visions of both Skynet and war games. Right. <laughs> Shall we play a game? Shall we play a game? That's right. So, again, a simulation only, but it tells you what the, uh, you know, when AI fixes itself onto a, a, uh, a certain target or a certain objective and then you try to change things up uh, maybe they weren't clear maybe you yeah. know maybe the change up wasn't clear or i'm not sure exactly what happened there but certainly ai was not persuaded to change its ob objective in fact it was said you know what i'm just going to eliminate you whatsoever because you play a really uh you play a part as being a problem to meeting my ob <laughs> objective yeah, I would love to see kind of, and I don't know what kind of system they were using, but yeah. like I'd love to see the original parameters, yes. like how, how, you know, um, mm -hmm. hard, hard line they were with the first prompt right. that it picked on, picked up on something there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause, you, Cause if you don't leave, you know, if you're really very hard lined <laughs> with it, it will tend to stick to that. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you might've said, um, you know, the objective then say stay flexible in case we need to change tactics. Yeah. I wonder if that would have been enough to like keep it from doing that. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's scary for sure. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, simulation, yeah. uh, you know, uh, you know, regardless simulation, I'm sure this is obviously, obviously being worked out, but it's just, it goes to show you that, uh, and it's just a lead into my next, segment on the fallibility while a great tool uh mm -hmm. the fallibility of of ai at this point and it's a learning process as it goes so i use um in addition to some of the similar things that sean has mentioned you know prompts for for sales and then also i'm going to get into some some prompts for some ad rolls that i did on a pot on one of my podcasts also use it for to kind of fact check some things or, or to write some copy. And one in particular this week um, on a topic, green energy and my, uh, obviously in the composites field is a big topic of discussion. Um, I'm all for green energy, but I'm all for fossil. I'm also for other sources, you know, uh, fossil fuels and green energy moving kind of side by side, not eliminating one or the other, but um but I asked it to talk about some of the uh, one of the things for a, <clears throat> for a podcast uh, dealing with because um, composites big in wind energy and obviously mm -hmm. the uh, EV market as well. And so there's a big push with a lot of manufacturers in that area to, uh, to you know, there's a big talk about sustainability. And so one of the uh, 
you know, one of the props I used this week was obviously on the, uh, you know, green energy and, you know, all the benefits and why we need to achieve a certain level of carbon neutrality by uh, 2015, I think is the target date or something like that. Um, Interesting that I found that uh, the response or the article that it wrote me was very concise. Uh, It gave all the, the, you know, it summed it up in five uh, neat little bullet points, but (laughs) once you dug into it, um, some of the, uh, some of the published or some of the reference uh, journals that it cited, and I'll give you one in particular, I'm going to pull one up. Um, The public health benefits of, um, uh, you know, of switching over to completely green energy, uh, burning of fossil fuels releases harmful pollutants into the air, leading to respiratory, uh, respiratory diseases, cardiovascular problems, and premature deaths. Um, so it's cited a study that pub- that was published in the journal called Nature Energy, which actually went to this journal. And it estimated that by transitioning to uh, renewable energy, we could avoid approximately 295,000 premature deaths related to pollution by 2050. Sounds great, right? I mean, that's great. Um, uh, green energy sources offer, uh, sources offer cleaner air and water, significantly improving uh, public health and reducing healthcare costs. All of those sound great, except for the fact that when I went to site or when I went to fact check, this 295,000 premature deaths, and I'm not sure exactly even how, uh, you know, how they came to this, this figure. I didn't dig into that, but all I did was on a surface level, cross check it with this publication. And can you guess how much it was probably off the, just that number, 295,000. I cannot. It was off by about 250,000. Oh, wow. That's pretty significant. (laughs) So there were, there were some, I did, I did find that there were some related, uh, obviously the uh, premature deaths, uh, you know, but through air pollution, obviously. And I think right now, you know, we've worked, uh, there's a, I mean, our air is cleaner than ever before, you know, going Mm -hmm. back from now until back in the uh, 70s. But, you you know, premature deaths by 2050 was off by about 250,000 premature deaths, according to this publication. And so uh, that, in essence, is why I started like questioning just about everything that it, li- you know, from what I prompted, you know, related to some of these blog posts. Yeah. And then I started just checking around to see what other people you know, if anyone else or any other people that are using ChatGPT4 are finding. And one, I found an article on Psychology Today that said that, um, yeah, kind of one of the scariest things about ChatGPT is that it writes like a human, but it is, uh, but its ethical code does not, but an ethical code does not guide it. <laughs> yes. It does not evaluate its sources. It spits back uh, what is on the web for better or for worse. And it also hallucinates uh, combining information in nonsensical ways. Um, so uh, the author, and I'll, I'll probably reference this article is actually really interesting, but it's by, it's called uh, could psychology make chat GPT irresistibly persuasive. So, uh, the article is actually really good because it's like 
talks about some really great things related to and how you can use uh, chat GPT in a positive way, but it also cites a number of uh, areas where the, uh, you know, the author used um, it to uh, prompt on some uh, arguments similar to what I did. And it pulled up uh, a lot of periodicals and, and, uh, and, and magazines that actually didn't even exist. I mean, in, in, in my case, it was one that existed, but it was off by like 250,000 <laughs> deaths. Yeah. But in this case, uh, it made up, it completely made up uh, journals and magazines that did not exist. So, wow. Um, that's interesting. <laughs> so like, yeah, it makes you wonder like what's cause what in the programming is causing that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, it, I mean, it says here's a, here's a, uh, here's a little quote from this article that I found interesting. He says, I asked chat chat GPT to summarize, um, some literature citing its sources, what I got follows. He goes, then I asked for the Journal of Science and Political Psychology Reference. This is one of the references that ChatGPT used in an argument. Um, sounds good. Uh, so he, he looked it up and I mean, this was like ChatGPT used the date of the article, the title, the page number, Everything. I mean, it perfect, perfect citation. Perfect citation. The problem is that there's no such paper, and it just created a reference that looked plausible but absolutely did not exist. So, wow, complete hallucination, and uh, which is why uh, you know you got to be careful. And that's all I say is like it's a great tool, but anybody yeah. that just simply uses it to write an article or a blog post or to write copy. And goes with that without fact checking everything uh, within that article that it writes is making yep. a huge mistake and could get you in a little bit of trouble too. But I think that most people would realize that, yeah, I mean, any copywriter is going to reference or fact check or, you know, Sean, you wouldn't let anything go without double checking or. Yeah, especially if it's a cited source. And, exactly. Um, you know, sometimes, you, if for no other reason, sometimes. Um, when you're looking at these reports, there may be even, even an even better quote than what they pulled. Right. So I would scan through the whole report anyway, mm -hmm. you know, but yeah. So it's interesting as you were talking, I, I kind of just did your, um, what you did. Mm -hmm. I had it write a quick article yeah. on basically what you said mm -hmm. and it gave me five sources. Sure. Um, the first one, um, page not found. <laughs> it, there was a site, but the page was not found. Right. Um, <laughs> the next one was it actually found and looks like the, the, the correct thing. Okay. But then the third one, not found. <laughs> File not found. So yeah, it's putting the full web address and then it's not found. So right. I don't know if it's archived or what's going on or why sure. it's yeah. doing that. But then the final citation was also there. So, mm -hmm. um, okay. So yeah, you definitely got to at least click through and, you know, see, see what's going on to know and just double check. Right. Yeah. I, I find it interesting that, um, you know, it, it, it is kind of interesting that as Chad GPT learns and becomes more 
um, you know, obviously improves over time. Does this change? Because, you know, I'm reading one of the scary, one of the scariest things is that if it, if it mimics human behavior in any degree, um, (laughs) that can be a problem too. I mean, obviously it's it's too human, right? (laughs) Like, like we said, if it's like a teenager doing a report. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's interesting. Um, obviously, fact check it. Like you said, I mean, Sean, a perfect example is, is uh, you know, checking the sources to see if those are yeah. complete, you know, if they're even legitimate or those articles ever existed. Yeah. My guess is half of the stuff that it puts out is probably maybe is correct. And then. Uh, it's going to throw in some other stuff to, uh, obviously, I mean, it's, it's trying to persuade just like we do. It's yeah. going to use as much social proof as possible, <laughs> whether it's yep. real or whether it's not. So, yeah. Well, I'd say when I write copy and, and I'm using proof elements and copy, mm-hmm. a lot of time on my first draft, um, I will go through and I'll have an idea like, Oh, what would be cool here is a statistic about this. Right. And I'll put in a placeholder in the copies, like find statistic that says this. And I don't mm-hmm. even know if it exists, mm-hmm. but like I'm trying to get the first draft out and I don't want to get sidetracked with research because I'm like in the flow of writing. Yeah. So I will just put that in there and describe what I would like ideally for the copy to say. Right. Uh, then on another day, I will go back and like go through and try to research and find that. And a lot of times you can find it. Mm-hmm. So I think even if it does give you some incorrect information, it's probably on the right track as far as persuasion goes. Right. Right. It knows it needs this type of information to make the case that it's making. Right. There's probably something close enough out there that you could use what it came up with and say, okay, I mean, just like your number, right? Maybe it wasn't 295,000, but there was Mm -hmm. data out there. Sure. About premature deaths due to pollution. Yep. So I think that's the way to look at it. It's like, okay, let's just treat these as almost like placeholders as a best case scenario of what an argument would be. But then you go back and just fact check it, adjust the copy mm-hmm. for the actual statistic or the actual quote or things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I, absolutely. I mean, it's, 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 it's very persuasive because it's going to yeah. use the principles of persuasion because it knows that. Yeah, it's going to use social proof. It's going to use um, a lot of those Chidini principles um, to convince you in an argument. You just <laughs> like uh, like anything. You just gotta you gotta check it before you put it out there. So yep. make sure that the there is accuracy in your, uh, especially if you're you know if you're writing copy um, or anything yeah, just, that's out there on the web. Yeah, don't just have it write and cite sources and fire it off as an email. Like, right. You, yeah. you, you better check it. <laughs> hey, That's this looks sure. great. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah. If you can, you can get excited like, oh man, yeah. God, that's amazing. Yeah, like, exactly. Let me just, let me just send this off to the client. Yeah. And then they check it and it doesn't exist. You lose all <laughs> credibility. Now I will show you one good thing that I did use. And I referenced okay. this, um, so I used it uh, to write. I have, I've had a couple of new sponsors for my Composites Weekly show, and this is one that I used. And this is these weren't the final drafts, but I thought this was actually pretty good for, um, you know, 
understanding, first of all, understanding what a podcast, you know, a, a, a 30 second pre-roll podcast ad read is, it's pretty yes. impressive. One time, you know, one time use. And, uh, I asked it to give me, uh, one of the prompts. I have a new, uh, company that does, um, electronic inks or actually electronic ink printers, um, that is starting a six month, um, sponsorship on one of my shows, my composites weekly show. So I don't know a whole lot about, I mean, that's kind of like, that's not in my wheelhouse of, of completely understanding everything they do. Yeah. Uh, so I, you know, obviously I spent some time on their website and even at that, it wasn't the greatest source of getting, of pulling a ton of information as a lot of technical companies are, yeah. um, they don't explain it very well, but I, I put this in first time just to give an example, write me a three, write me three different 30 second and Sean, you may have a different, um, a better prompt for this. This was my first prompt. Write me a th- uh, three different 30 second pre-roll podcast ad reads for a company that makes rapid prototyping platforms for printed electronics. So look at this. It gives me three ad reads. <laughs> it even tells me which music to use. Yeah. <laughs> I'll beat awesome. music. Uh, one yeah. is soothing music and one is inspirational music. Um, so the first one I thought was, uh, some of these and, and none of these were the final because I tweaked them and then I sent them to the, obviously to the client who, uh, and this is not their name of their company, by the way. This I was going to say, I love how it makes <laughs> up names and product it does. names. Yeah. Circuit Swift. I didn't even, even hint on the name and it gave right. me a name. Um, but yeah, I, I put these together. I changed them a bit, sent them over to the client. So the first one, if you're listening on audio, says uh, dreams turn into reality faster with our p- rapid prototyping platforms at Circuit Swift. Ever imagine printing your own electronics? Uh, we provide the tools to turn your concepts into prototypes in a matter of hours, not weeks. Everybody loves uh, yes. Speed. Speed. Yes, that's what people want. With Circuit Swift, you're not just creating circuits, you're unleashing innovation. Step into the future of electronics, you know, forward thinking, yeah. uh, manufacturing, starting your own, starting in your own garage. This is this goes to show anybody can get started mm-hmm. uh, using our technology. What you don't have to be a company. You could be start you could be a startup in your garage, in your own garage or lab. Circuit Swift, your idea your ideas, our platform. Let's build tomorrow together. So let me ask you. Um, so you you wrote the prompt, you know, it took you twenty seconds to write the prompt. It spits these three <clears throat> things out. Yeah. How long would it normally take you to to write <clears throat> these ads in the past easily easily two to three hours i would have spent because there's research and then there's uh sitting down and writing sometimes the the client will send us some you know send me something i say you know either if you prefer you know i can you know we can write it i can write it or you can send me over something and then we can work together together tweak it. Most of the time they're like, eh, can you just send us something? Um, and and we'll, we'll sign off. You, <laughs> we'll you write it. We'll exactly. Sign it's kind of like, um, you know, asking for a testimonial and people like, just send me over something. I'll sign off on it and say, exactly. I agree. Uh, but and anyway, the best way to do testimonials. Too. Exactly. Just, yeah. Then you can get exactly what you want. Right. Exactly. 
And if they <clears> want to change something, they'll change one or two words. Yep. But you'll usually end up with a stronger testimonial mm-hmm. if you actually ask people or yep. if you write it for people. Yeah. Yep. So in answer to your question, this this cut down, uh, it, all of this was done in, in, in less than 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, but and, and, and that's me tweaking it, sending it over to them and them sending it back was just, you know, cut it down from about three hours down to about 30 minutes. So, wow. That's leverage. I mean, that's a six X <laughs> improvement. Yeah. Yeah. It's wow, a, it's really powerful. It's amazing. And and these are all pretty good. They weren't perfect, but they were a good starting points. Like we've talked about time and time again, so, you know, when you start with a blank screen, especially when you're in a industry that you're not, it's not kind of in your wheelhouse and yep. you're just trying to like, who, you know, and, and their website just absolutely needs improvement and doesn't help you in any way. Um, you know, and, and, and what you send over to them, actually they appreciate cause you're just like, holy cow, that sounds better than what we have. <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. Cause they don't know how to write copy. They, right. They're tech people. Yeah. They're writing manuals. They're not writing copy. Yep. So, yeah. um, and they'll see something, you know, change one or two words, you mm-hmm. know, a phrase and they're like, no, that's not quite accurate. Right. We do this. That's right. That's so much faster. It is. And, and less stress. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, it gets them involved in the process. Obviously they added some things to that too. Um, and, and, and so that worked. It's like, you just got to give them a starting point and they, uh, they changed some things around. And I did that for not only this, this client, I had two clients that I did that for this week. So a total time frame probably on both new advertisers for a podcast was like, um, less than an hour. And, they both loved them, you know, the yeah. examples. So that would have been almost a full day. Yeah, exactly. Between the two of them before. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yep. All right. So you got one other thing. You got yeah. some, we're going to take the old analog world and combine it. Old school. We're going old school. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so I, I love about these once before, but it's been a while. Yeah. I love this. And we like, we've talked about like the, there's a number of companies doing these, um, it's like flashcards or, or cards, you know, old school hand, you know, reference cards that you can utilize for, um, you know, persuasion for, um, you know, whatever, you know, whatever situation that you're in. And, and you and I are a little bit old school. We'd like the technology, but we also kind of like the kind of the reference stuff that we can use and kind of just flip to and give, give us some ideas. And yep. what I found is, this is kind of an old school uh, method that kind of works, like we were talking before the show, can work with technology, with AI. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to try it live right here on the show. Let's see what happens. So this is a company called, um, it's called Pipdex. And many of you, our listeners may have heard, it's called uh, Storyteller Tactics. So I use these. These are for ditching dull presentations. So if you have a fear of doing presentations, whether it is a PowerPoint presentation, you're doing a TEDx, uh, you know, talk or, you know, even talking to, um, you know, talking at an industry event. uh, One of the most fearful, obviously, public speaking is one of the most feared things. It's feared more than death, um, apparently. And... uh, (laughs) 
Um, and, and I think, I think a big part of that is people don't know, they don't have a framework or a structure. They're, they're scared because they don't, they don't even know where to begin. Um, people, you know, people bomb out when they try humor a lot of times, if they're not, if they, if they're not good at it, Sean, you've tried your hand at some, uh, comedy and it's, it's, it's good. It's actually a good practice. Um, storytelling and comedy, but these are what I love about these cards. They give you a whole deck of cards. And it's combined into uh, certain sections. You have your uh, story building system. And the whole premise of the cards in any presentations, whether it's a sales presentation, whether you're giving a talk, is that it's about using stories. Like we've talked about storytelling. The only way that you latch on, you use an anchors in your presentation, in your sales presentation or your talk, that's how people really get your... um, really get your message. Um, they hone into your messages through storytelling. So it gives you a uh, cards for developing your stories, the recipe for building. It gives you concepts, um, ideas for stories, which obviously you could use, um, you could certainly use chat GPT or you can use these in combination with chat GPT. Uh, you could explore, it gives you ideas for characters and I'm going to give you an example on the initial story. Um, Here's one on developing a recipe um, or developing a recipe for your story. Uh, Stories that sell. Convince people, the first card, stories that sell. Convince people that you can deliver. Stories work better than spreadsheets when it comes to building trust. Selling is about much more than price, quality, or your value proposition. You can't sell without trust. Can we trust you to understand what we need? Can we trust you to deliver on the promise you're making about an uncertain future? Selling is is a complex human process and stories help you reach people and win them over. Um, So it gives you on the back of each card, it'll give you the uh, synopsis and then it will tell you stories that sell. Uh, It goes through the audience profile who is your audience? Who is your audience? What kind of problems are they? So, uh, are you solving first? Um, simple sales stories. Number two, show how you've helped someone that they can relate to. Uh, social proof. Look for trends, prototypes, or testimonials that will strengthen your case. And then a rags to riches, which I love. This try an optimistic story. We always forget those rags to riches because everybody loves a. Um, you know, underdog, uh, the yeah. underdog in, in the story, uh, try an optimistic story structure with your customer at its heart and then pitch perfect, boil it down to an elevator pitch, um, rags to riches story. So if you don't know any rags to riches story, what are you going to do, Sean? Go <laughs> chat GPT and make one up. <laughs> Think of, so. Uh, so I can't think, you know, when you're asked to think of a story right off the top of your head, it's like so many things come to mind, but when we have Sean typing in a rags to riches story right in front of us that we can use in our story. see what it gives me so that's very little context of, yep. you know you could actually use the stuff on the card yep um from forgotten fields to global markets 
In a small rural town nestled in the heart of Iowa, a young boy named John was born into a family of hardworking corn farmers. Fields had been the family's bread and butter for generations, but with the changing times, the demand for corn started to plummet. This change cast a grim shadow over John's childhood, instilling in him the harsh realities of life, yet kindling a spark to rise above them. As he grew older, the financial strain continued to afflict his family. Worn-out clothes, old machining, rarely having enough food on the table became their norm. The family farm, once thriving, was inching closer towards inevitable foreclosure. However, John never lost hope. The tough times <laughs> taught him the importance of resilience, adaptability, and creativity. So there you're like planting seeds about oh, yeah. Yeah. what they need. Right. Uh, qualities that would become the cornerstone of his success after completing high school, blah, blah, blah. His dream was simple, yet audacious to save his family farm and transform it into a profitable venture. When he was in college, uh, saw an opportunity, could transition the farm to organics. So you could, you could definitely tighten this up. Um, in fact, let's see where he ends up. Um, and even get better by relating it to, you know, whatever you're right, the selling. Industry. Yeah. The industry that you're selling to and how that relates. So I'm going to say tighten this up into a 30 second story. Yeah, so now it's one paragraph instead yeah. of a whole page. Yep. Um, so that's what you can do. It's like you can ask it for the full thing, let it run its course, and then mm -hmm. you can make your yep. refiner prompts to, to refine the message. Um, so I'm going to say now turn it into a three-sentence This is one of the hardest things to do in writing is to oh yeah to tighten things down. Yep. Uh, there's an old famous saying that's like, if you want me to talk for an hour, give me 15 minutes <laughs> to come up with something. If you want me yeah. to talk 15 minutes, give me an hour. Sure, exactly. You know, because it's harder to condense than it is to yep. just expand. Yep. So after that second prompt, it was like, born into a struggling Iowa family, John turned adversity into opportunity by transitioning his family's corn farm into an organic enterprise. Leveraging mm. technology expanded the farm's reach from local markets to global consumers. Today, his childhood hardship has been transformed into a thriving multi-million dollar organic farming empire. There you go. So that's nice and tight. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a 10 second story. And you could use the leveraging technology, obviously leveraging technology um, is part of like you could, how you could tie that into if you're in the technology field or if you're tell, selling. You yeah, know. we gave this very little context, right? right? So if we just put a few more pieces of context in the original prompt, yep. it would be even tighter. Yep. Um, obviously, this is not a true story. Um, and you could even true. use, you could ask it, you could prompt it with true stories, with real yeah. life biographies that were rags to riches. Yeah, or you can just turn this instead of saying, um, you could just say imagine you yeah. know, in front of this. Exactly. Yep. Imagine. Oh, that's good. Yes. Imagine being born yes. into a struggling Iowa farming family. That was John's situation. That was, was John. Yeah. That's yeah. Something like that. So you right. could, you know, you could kind of, you know, it's a story. Right. Um, you know, depending on the presentation you're doing, you might want to say, look, this is not a true story, but it's, it's real life. Right. You know, um, he, he, here's another because uh, this th there's several examples in these cards. I can't go through all of them, but the story it gives you stories that connect 
stories that convince, stories mm. that explain, stories that lead, stories that impress. Yeah. Um, so to give you an example, uh, let's let's pick one out Those here. Those are great distinctions because mm-hmm. you know a lot of times we think all stories do the same thing, right? But they, they don't. And yeah. That's a really great list of distinctions right there for Here, different types of stories. So here's an example of putting together a story that uh, there's, I've got two cards here, story that convince and story that connect and pick one, Sean, which, which do you want to convince or connect? I want to start my talk with a convince. Convince. Okay. I'm thinking myself on a TEDx stage and I want to connect with the audience right Right. off the bat. Okay. So to convince, it says, explain years of experience and hours of research. We were talking about this earlier with ChatGPT. Get them to back your judgment. It's annoying to have all the facts at your fingertips when you do have the facts. But still, people don't listen. Maybe it's your fault. Are you overloading your audience with data? Have you turned an exciting process of discovery into a dull spreadsheet? Uh, do we know enough about your uh, about you to trust your judgment? So you flip over, and it says, "Here's the here's the little uh, method, or here's the formula for convincing." Number one, three is the magic number. Put your audience first. How many facts can you expect them to remember? Right. So, you, you know, we, we bombard them with one point after another, you know, here's yeah. 10 points when we yeah. need to keep it, like you were saying earlier, keep it tight. Yeah, um, three slides of 10 bullet points each. Yep. <clears throat> uh, that's funny. Here's another one. Share excitement behind your own insights. Uh, number two, the data detectives handle your facts in a story ish way. Uh, trust me, I'm an expert. Show us why we should trust you. And the hero and guide aspect of it, put yourself in the story as the expert guide helping us on the way. So putting yourself in the story. So that's another element. Adding yourself in the story is, yeah. is what the uh, the old, not the hero, but necessarily the sometimes the mentor to the hero. Yeah, so you could take that card and basically rework that those mm-hmm. tips as a yep. prompt yep. to get you, you know, going. And same thing, you're you're not facing a blank screen now. You can edit the story, right? You know, refine it. Um, so yeah, that's. And then it, here's a great thing: it gives you concepts. So if you don't like, so if you want to, if you don't like what ChatGPT is giving you, maybe you use one of their own concepts. And one is the dragon and the city uh, story. So maybe you don't like what's on the card that they give you, but maybe you can um, you could go further with it with ChatGPT. For instance, explain your project as if it's an epic adventure. Get people excited about your plan of action. There's a dragon outside the city walls. Your world, your world is no longer safe. What should you do? Uh, escape, find a safer place to live, defend, strengthen your city walls, attack, take on the dragon before he gets stronger. Each option has risk and rewards, just like your project. Um, uh, it says you need to get people excited about your work. Turn your project goals into an epic story about a city. Uh, 
What is your city? What is good and valuable in the status quo? What is wrong or unfair or wasteful? Uh, who's in charge? And then who is your dragon in the story, right? Uh, yeah. Who's the threat? What is the threat? What's the, in, you know, what is the threat in, in your world of business? You know, identify that dragon. Um, what's the escape? Uh, and then defend what's worth defending, you know? So you see this, if you flush this out, you can see this being used in companies today all the time. You know, um, we just don't realize how, you know, this formula is being put together. And then it says, lastly, attack. What's your best line of attack? What are your chances of winning and what's the reward? And is it worth the risk? So pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Something that you could utilize and then flush out. If you don't like some of the concepts, then you, you can tweak them and work with them on um, AI for sure. <clears throat> yeah. I think that's a, a good way to use AI. What I've noticed is it works really well when you give it a framework yes. to work off of. Yeah. So if you've got an old sales book that has a great framework in it, mm -hmm. when you ask, you know, chat for a, sales presentation, put that framework in it, you know, maybe right. spin selling for instance, right. Mm -hmm. You know, based mm. on the book spin selling, Excellent. create me a series of questions for this client that right. I'm about to go see. And oh, that's a great prompt using yeah. that book because yeah. that book is uh, a masterpiece for, for yeah. selling. Yeah. For consultative selling, you know, especially in the kind of the work you do. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, it's really, really, really strong. So yeah, think about that. Like all this information that you've read, maybe you have a pile of books behind you like we do. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, pull some of those out that have frameworks in them that you've forgotten about mm -hmm. and use those along with AI right. to give it a nice framework to deal with. And yeah, I think you'll find if you haven't been getting the kind of output that you want from AI, mm -hmm. if you'll do that and give it a framework, give it examples it does a lot better and it, it can really yeah. nail it if you give it that kind of stuff. Yeah, no doubt. Um, like it knows all the copywriting frameworks, PAS, AIDA, yeah. like it knows all those. So when I ask now, I say using the PAS copywriting formula, Yeah, write me a Facebook ad about this and goes right down. Problem, agitate, solution, you know. Right. It's, otherwise, it tends to put... Um, the solution first, if you don't do that, because it, <laughs> yeah. I was, I took a training from John Benson, video yeah. sales letter guy. Oh yeah. I got that. That's actually really good. Yeah. Um, and one thing he said in the training was, you know, chat GPT is designed to work fast mm -hmm. and get, get stuff done. So it likes to put the solution right up front, which is the opposite of what you want to do in a good story and a That's good presentation right. and a good yeah. copy. Yeah. You actually want to draw it out a little bit. Yep. Right. Get the curiosity up, get the emotion mm -hmm. up. Yeah. And chat it wants to, it's like, it's like, you know what females, you know, tell, um, you know, what are the, the oldest complaint that females, uh, or our wives tell their husbands is like, uh, you're like a microwave. Okay. You just want it. Like you just want to go f too fast in the relationship. Okay. You need yeah. to slow down. Yeah. Chat GPT is like a microwave. It's like us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very like to the point, you know, as few details as, as possible. You got to coax that out of them. That's right. 
Yeah, it's like when yeah. you you know we go somewhere and you know our wives are like, so what 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 happened? <laughs> you're like, huh? You know, not much. <laughs> she goes somewhere and you ask what happened. <laughs> Sit down and grab a beer because it's gonna That's be right. a while. It's gonna be a while. You're gonna there hear about this stop a... at the, the restroom at the <laughs> store on the way. Yeah. You know. Uh, the song that came on the radio yes. halfway, like every little detail, That's it. right? Yep. Everything details. The, the middle is, uh, you know, somewhere in the middle is probably the best answer <laughs> between those two extremes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So good stuff. Yeah, there's, there's lots of stand up comedy about that whole dynamic. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to chat GPT for that one. Uh, I might no. get, might get punched in the mouth. I don't know. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, and I put up on the screen earlier here, just um, the storyteller tactics. It's mm-hmm. Pipdex, P-I-P-Dex.com. They're also on Amazon. <laughs> yep. Um, but 10X ROI or your money back. So worth trying. Yeah. And that's kind of where I, you know, I pulled the trigger. I saw my, so was, they've got, they do a, a really good job on their social proof you know, people using obviously these in, um, you know, to give presentations, um, or in sales training situations. So, uh, so far it's uh, pretty interesting. I haven't had, I haven't used them, you know, honestly, I haven't used them yet, but I do enough, um, sales presentations that I thought at the very minimum it's worth checking out. So. Yeah. All the big boys are using it. Google, Amazon, Meta, yeah. Apple, exactly. Microsoft. So yeah. Good social proof there. So yeah, there's your dragon. There, there's the dragon. <laughs> yeah, and 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 I got I, I started out with a PDF, which is not. I'm just like okay, PDF. Nah, I just just send me the cards because yeah. I'm not going to spend time on going through every, you know, like you know, hundred PDF sheets of this stuff. Uh, yeah. It just works easier for the cards. It's it's easier to just pull out and flip through. Yeah, they should create an app that uses AI to help you write it. Now Absolutely. They have all the, the frameworks. Yep, exactly. Exactly. I'm sure that's yeah. probably the next on their, on their, yeah. if they're smart, that would be next on their agenda for sure. Yeah, that would be cool for sure. Cool, man. All right. Well, good show. Um, to all of our listeners, you can find us, persuasionbythepint.com. Uh, you can find us on all of your platforms, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, iHeart, you name it. And, uh, of course, Sean, we have to mission our friends over at, um, uh, craft, what is it? Craft, uh, craft uh, beer club, craft beer club. Yes. The best beer from around the country delivered to you right to your doorstep. So you don't have to go outside. You just go to persuasion by the com forward slash craft beer. And uh, you can check it out. You don't have to get signed up for any lengthy amount of time. You can order, uh, you know, kind of uh, an initial case or whatever, you know, maybe a month or two months or three months. And then, you know, if you like it, you just get on their list. So they got a lot of variety. Unfortunately for us, they don't have, uh, they don't do a lot of the, uh, it's not consistently the, the dark. Yeah. Yummy beers like we like. So, yeah, there are a lot of IPAs. There's a lot of uh, lagers. So yeah, just be aware. But you know, that's right. If you do pull if, the trigger. That's right. That's, it, that's it, what you're gonna find. If you like those, good for you. That, it's perfect for you. Yeah. 
All right, good show. We'll see you guys next time uh, on our next episode. Have a great weekend, Sean. Thanks. All right, see you.